0: And gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sidelines Podcast. My name is Courts, and I'm here with my host. AP over here, Cordo. AP, no longer as. No, nah, full like, phase out. Full phase out of AP. I might slip up and drop it in, but if I do, just call me out on it and I'll continue to work on not dropping it in.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's it going, mate? Yeah, really good. I'm pumped. Yes, we are pumped because this is a special episode following on from a previous special episode. This is the, uh, the next one in our Ultimate Sports Movie Breakdowns.
1: Yes, and some would say this is The Undisputed King. It is The
0: Undisputed King. And of course, I'm talking about... This is the story of a young man who was sent to live with his loving grandma. And when he arrived at his grandma's house, he discovered that she was a... She was not an old, boring lady. No, she greeted him with a Gene Simmons kiss mask and made him smile. She encouraged him to play hockey just like his daddy did. And this man grew up to be a hot-tempered, hockey-loving superstar who then transitioned, by accident, into a golf-loving superstar as a bank decided to take his beloved grandma's house and he sought a way to make her money. This is the tale of a man whose sporting career evolved and shone, but also a man whose heart lived true as he tried to save his grandma from foreclosure from the bank. This is, of course, Happy Gilmore. (laughs) How was that?
1: (laughs) Very, uh, very strong take on the move. Upset? No, it was good. I
0: added too much depth, maybe?
1: No, accurate enough depth. Yes, Adam
0: Sandler's Happy Gilmore, the winner of uh, the first round, eliminated the water boy and longest yard combined.
1: And look, to be fair, as stated, a genuine top seed in the sport movie bracket. But this was actually quite difficult to act, do because it is such a good, iconic movie. Yes, there's it is. a lot to talk about. Um, so I apologize when we don't do it justice, but. We're trying to right back off, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: yeah, it's hard to uh it's like being given a diamond and then a whole bunch of people give you some zirconias and to expect you to just somehow pump the zirconias up, you know what I mean like the diamond is just the diamond
1: yeah, so look we we're gonna try to do this similar process and and break up a little bit differently, but um but look, we'll start with the basics, the basics, yeah so. Was made for a modest 12 million. Which, yeah, a minuscule 12 million. Earned 42 million at the box office. Yep. We couldn't actually find the statistics on it, but I'm pretty damn confident that Blockbuster and Video Easy basically stayed in business for about 15 years based off renting out Happy Gilmore at least three or four times a week. The $3 weekly rental (laughs) would be up there. You know, if they had a look at their EBIT data, it was all based off this one goddamn movie.
0: Yeah. I suspect it had the same data as what Home Alone Rentals at Christmas time had, except it sustained throughout the year. 42 million, yeah, was just the global box office take for that year. So the VHS, DVD, licensing, streaming sales would be through the roof.
1: I mean, it is forever on. I swear it floats from Channel 10 to not. I mean, I don't really watch radio too much anymore, but mm. when I did. It was always on once a month, guaranteed. Yeah, uh, it's a perennial movie. Yeah. Um, so this is just the 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 boring-y business side of it. In terms of an actual movie, though, I don't know many non-sport films that actually are that iconic.
0: Yeah. How so? You'll so have
1: to elaborate. So, <laughs> leading questions. Love it. Um. <laughs> So I, again, don't really know where to start because there's a lot to unpack. But in terms of what Happy Gilmore did for the sport of golf, unprecedented, huge. Also got to use unprecedented in a context other than, uh, you know, giant uh, viruses going on. Yeah. Um. Big attention to a sport that historically was probably a little bit elitist and outside of it. Yeah. He invented a swing. <laughs> Not many sports just invent uh, a type of technique within it and it has not wavered. Since its inception, it still brings laugh. Yeah. You know, you can go to the driving range and someone's doing a Happy Gilmore. You can go to a golf course, someone has completely lost it for the day. They're still going for it. In fact, if you
0: go to a driving range with your buddies and one of them doesn't attempt the happy Gilmore swing, you need to look them in the eyes and then look yourself in the mirror and go, is this person, person even worth being friends with?
1: Pros, yeah, often pros and some other ones, they even bring it out when they're not having a good time. Yeah. So in that, in that one alone, uh, incredible. In terms of quotes, again, when you go play golf – it doesn't matter what happens. It's guaranteed that one person's probably going to bring up a Happy Gilmore quote at some point. But when you tell other people what you did on the weekend, I went and played golf, it's more than likely that they're going to bring up a Happy Gilmore quote. Yeah. So in terms of that, it's just ridiculous.
0: Almost like a complete accident for Cultural Impact where it set out to just be a funny, ladsy, duty kind of sports comedy movie. And it's ended up being this permeating influence throughout a sport. Still to this day.
1: I mean and that's just some of the bits of it. The the fact the movie itself, when they go through how it's played, the is on point. Like the, the golf presentation side of it is so well done for such such a little investment. Um, you know, you've got the Happy Gilmore ball traveling in the air noise that's just you just know exactly oh, geez, he's hit that a really long way based off of that noise. Um but in terms of how many people had actually watched this film uh i remember we we actually bought this video for my grandparents on vhs <laughs> for christmas yes and they're obviously golfers and then we bought it for the the other grandparents on the other side bought it for bought it for my grandma as well so two two videos same copy Resi- like loved it like it was it was again just one of these films that didn't matter who you really were if you if you liked comedy, you're watching it. If you had played golf, you watch it. Because I, I know everybody who's ever played golf has at some point just absolutely lost it. And it's full swearing all the time. Like it is just brilliant.
0: Yeah. I can remember being, I would have been seven, I think, or eight. And my godfather slash cousin, who was a big fan of the podcast, he'll be listening to this. This is like one of those funny family tales that keeps being dredged up. He was helping his mate Build his computer at the time, you know, back in the early days of PCs where it was all about you buying like a graphics card and this, and then you spend like (laughs) nine hours installing it so you can then play the latest like need for speed game where the graphics are sort of these like brick cars, you know, and you sit there with patience. Anyway, so he's upstairs, his mate got this new computer, they're working on it in this upstairs room. He's looking after me for the day. He's the mate's girlfriend at the time worked for. Well, I think it was like a Video Easy blockbuster. So she used to just have bags of VHS tapes scattered around their lounge room. He's essentially gone, here's the VHS tapes. There's a the TV and VHS. Chuck on a movie. All good. Me being a little keen child has seen a videotape with this guy. He looks kind of cool. He's got a golf club. It says outrageous comedy. Put it on Happy Gilmore. Seven or eight years of age. Hooked. Absolutely hooked.
1: It's just again for for the research you had to do with this. It's taken us a lot longer than normal because for the most part we watched the movie and then rewatched it and then tried to pick out bits of it, which is just yeah. Like I make the joke, like we could have just literally hit record for two hours and then end record and just played the whole movie. Yeah,
0: I've I'm, nerv- I'm nervous about this. I'm nervous because it needs justice to be done. And I, I'm genuinely, oh, we're going to fail. (laughs) (laughs) Once you
1: accept that we're going to fail, then we might succeed. Yeah. I
0: love, uh, I mean, I was searching for a little bit of depth too. So we could act like we're like real sort of in-depth scholars that analyze the film. And like you touched on with golf, maybe an image of being a bit stuck up a little bit for the sort of wealthier country club folks, middle-class, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was a nice commentary on the classism issues that face uh, golf in modern society and the way that it tried to break down those barriers. I also thought there was a nice uh, expose on the nursing home industry
1: and how we treat the elderly. (laughs) (laughs) With the uncredited for his role Ben Stiller? Yeah,
0: the absurd Ben Stiller character who is the evil dictator, money-scheming, black market operating landlord of a nursing home.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and look, I would say we'll bring this up later, but I have a habit of saying we'll bring this up later and then i never come back to it. (laughs) But the fact that that whole Ben Stiller nursing home story exists in this movie that serves for the most part no real yeah it, like you could take it out and it doesn't really impact the movie any differently yeah. but it's just this weird story line in the movie
0: yeah, I suppose it's there to sort of amp up the, the pressure on him to succeed so he can save his grandma's house. But he's not aware that the guy's yeah. torturing his grandma. <laughs> so it does offer nothing other than you're seeing this poor old lady being subjected to this nuts Ben Stiller character. <laughs> um, so yeah, super successful, amazing movie. Something I wanted to talk about. And that is the cast. Because for a low-budget movie, when you look back on it today, it actually had an absurdly successful big dog cast, despite not intending to pay for one. Um, Julie Bowen's in it, who plays uh, the mum in Modern Family. She's one of the leads. Uh, uh, forgive me, I've forgotten her character's name in Modern Family. But, you know, one of the highest paid TV stars in the world ends up getting like one of her starting gigs in this movie. You got Carl Weathers in it who, for the sports movie fans out there, was Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. For the action fans out there, was in Predator with Arnie, the iconic handshake scene. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You got Bob Barker in there playing himself, who's the host of Price is Right, like an iconic dad character in American television history, (laughs) up there with your sort of Johnny Carsons. Then you got Richard Keel in it, who was Jaws in the James Bond movies. He's in there playing basically just a Jaws-like character without the teeth who torments Shooter McGavin. Then you got Ben Stiller, as we touched on, pre-fame Ben Stiller, who ends up going on to be probably one of the biggest comedy stars of his generation when you look at it objectively. Yep. Uh, You know, from Zoolander to Dodgeball to Meet the Fockers, all of those kind of things. You know, he was big time. You've even got guys in there like Robert Schmeagle. Um, So for any of you that remember Triumph, the insult comic dog from the Conan O'Brien show, that little dog d'action puppet that just abuses people. Robert Smeagol co-wrote movies like uh, Don't Mess With The Zohan. So he's had a super successful comedy career. He is the bank nerd in the start who tells him, you hate me, don't you? And then <laughs> Happy goes, no, no, I don't hate you, and smashes him and throws him through uh, a glass door.
1: Oh, it's just, and that's not even touching on the, mat, like the, you know, Christopher, who is Shooter, who just can never not be Shooter now. Yeah,
0: he's, he's been in a lot of stuff since. Kevin Nealon's in it as the guy that tries to do the whole meditation Buddhism shit to him. He's been in every Adam Sandler movie since.
1: Oh. But just incredible. So normally this is where we're going to start breaking down some of our quotes and top five quotes, which again, factually impossible to do. Far too many to even try pick out some top five, but we threw some darts at a board and then just went from there. So yeah. the first one in the top five, which again, there's a lot of different, it really comes down to what how you find your own humor in, in this movie because there's bits that are just outlandish there's yeah. bits that are just subtle comedy yeah. and there's in between then. So this is really a reflection on yourself on what you find funny, but we find this shit funny. <laughs> so number five.
0: I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that now.
1: For some For some reason uh both courtney and i just love the yeah. sim, the the groveling apology it just is you know the i don't know what it is about it just but, funny yeah
0: and for context he refused to be trained by chubbs who was an ex-golf superstar because he didn't want to play golf he then realizes he needs his help so he comes back groveling <laughs> i just love the whole face is he's not interested in him and then when he says the uh, I'm, you're, attract, you're good looking, I'm not attractive. And then he's like, okay, as long as you're willing to admit that. And then he's back all in
1: to coach him. Uh,
0: Again, like, you know, as dudes, if someone offended you, I dare you to not, if someone came to you and said, you know, you're smart, I'm not, uh, you're good looking, I'm not attractive. You would forgive them pretty much for anything that they've gone. You go, okay, I'm willing to accept your apology. We can move past this now. All
1: right. So this, this one is also part of arguably one of the, the best scenes in the movie.
0: Both for fans, even critically acclaimed scenes. The movie was bashed by a lot of critics, but they still admitted that this scene was actually comedy genius. We haven't seen Happy Gilmore play this badly since his first day on tour. He and Bob Barker are now dead last.
1: I can't believe you're a professional golfer. I think you should be working at the snack bar. You better relax, Bob. There is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf. All right, let's go. You like that, old man? You want a piece of me? I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing! (laughs) The price is wrong, bitch. I think you've had enough. No? Now you've had enough. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Something about that is just pure (laughs) brilliance. The
0: optics of doing a celebrity pro golfing tournament and letting a seven-year-old TV host get under your skin and then trying to beat the shit out of him.
1: The thing that makes it is the, the sound effect of the punches is so... Overdone, Yeah. It's just brilliant. It,
0: Yeah, like you can see the sound guys obviously put like popcorn in a cardboard box and you're just kicking that and recording that <laughs> sound. <They're> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, It's like an 80s video game, like a Street Fighter video
1: game punching sound effects. Uh, and the fact they got Bob to do it. Yeah. Like, it's just all about it.
0: Yeah, Bob Barker was this like lovely clean cart, easygoing TV host to play that sort of crazy parody of himself. Um, even that scene was so loved. A few years back, they actually did like a rework of that scene for a charity. I think it was like an autism charity night where they broadcast like a new scene and it was Adam in the Boston Bruins hockey jersey going to visit Bob in hospital, gagging, like joking that he's old and just about to die. And they basically just end up fighting again in the hospital scene. It's genius. <laughs> he's trying to feed him soup. And he's like, "Ooh, soup's a bit hot, Bobby." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all time. All uh, right, this next one. This is I love this one. It's very, very short, but I do love this one.
0: Yeah. Touch my puck, baby! Don't you ever touch my puck. Number eighteen. Is that Gilmore again? God. Come on me! is that goal regulation size or what, Jeez! <laughs> Losing it on the hockey rink.
1: Can relate. It's something about it as well that's just you can generally take that quote into any other sporting context, yeah. and it's still funny.
0: I have played so many sports where either myself or someone I'm playing with, whether it's tennis, basketball. Uh, Ping-pong, anything, some reference to, is that net regulation size? Is that basketball regulation size or what?
1: Before we get into that, i like to, this isn't the segment for it, but I'd like to point out that I wasn't able to just pick silent moments in this film because it doesn't really work. But the caddy, Happy's caddy, has some of the funniest physical comedy moments that I wasn't able to put into the top two or three. The yeah. bit where Happy loses it. Hacks away in the rough for a little bit, then throws throws a rock in the water, and then his caddy just just looks around, grabs another rock, and also like hackly throws it into the water. Yeah, it just and you know things like you got uh,
0: the you got the you got the ball there, pal, in the ball cleaner, and he pulls out his jocks, <laughs>
1: washing his jocks, and the other one's like, "What do you think?" He's like, "I think it's left or right." He's like, "No, that's just because you're not wearing a shoe," and that looks. At, he's like, "Oh."
0: Yeah. And that's what you like. That's what's clever about this film, where it does have a bit of humor for everyone. It actually blends the slapstick well. It blends the kind of dorky dude humor well. It has iconic comedy scenes, like the Bob Barker thing. That's actually genius to create a fight between an old celebrity and a young golfer, (laughs) where the old celebrity ends up whooping his butt anyway. It shows the diversity of the humor in the movie, despite it's on the surface looking like a stupid boy film. And that brings us on to number two. Yep.
1: Happy, the ball itself has its own energy, or life force, if you will. Its natural environment is in the hole. So why don't you send him home? His bags are packed. He's got his airplane tickets. Bring him to the airport. Send him home. (laughs) Send him home. I just send him home. It's time to go home there, Ball. Oh. Son
0: of a bitch, Ball. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Suck my white ass, Ball! <laughs>
1: Now, I challenge you to find a single person who's played golf and not had this rant at the golf ball.
0: <laughs> Yelling at it to get in the cup.
1: Oh, uh, it is just absolute peak. Peak golf. And peak peak Adam Sandler, peak Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Just completely losing it. It's after his whole Zen montage. Uh, there is nothing better than it.
0: It also is like where... He started to perfect that style of humor that he seemed to use in so many movies since, where he'd have this weird shouting but not shouting voice when things are annoying him. You know, like in Big Daddy, when the kids, he's trying to get the kid to order some McDonald's and he's like, uh, Cheerios, uh, lasagna, you know, and then he starts getting out. He's like, Well, somebody got this kid a of Happy Meal. Like, it just that shouting, like outburst humor that he used in so many movies.
1: Yeah. He, he started with Billy, but this, Happy's where it all started. Yeah. Like, this is like refined.
0: Yeah. Because this was more like Hollywood comedy actor movie. Billy was so obscure and weird and a bit cult indie, like a bit of a Napoleon dynamite kind of style where they're those sort of underground-y, bizarro comedy films, whereas Happy was when he started to become this like, you could see, okay, there's actually a comedy giant Sleeping here, ready to come out.
1: And number one.
0: Don't worry about it, you're still in good shape. All you got to do is just tap it in. Just tap it in.
1: Hey,
0: just tap it in. Oh. Just tap it in. Just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, 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 a <laughs> Too
1: good. Uh the I there's multiple reasons why I love this one segment, but I think there's that one bit because the start of Chubbs is literally your mental state when you actually play golf and you, you completely murder it. Yeah. You know, you've just hit a power drive three fairways over, and your your own internal monologue is like, Don't worry, you're still in good shape. You got this, and you're like okay, and it's just like, oh, if you just, just do this one shot and then you're like, oh, god yeah. damn it. Yeah, it's a
0: perfect metaphor
1: for your internal thoughts. <laughs> and he's so optimistic. Yeah. Uh, it's co- it, this, The timing and the tone is just, it's just so perfect.
0: It, I actually blame that film for creating a, uh, a trait in me when I play sports where if I do something wrong that I've pre- prepped myself mentally for, I start, verbally like castigating like or chastising myself out loud just the way that he does that when he misses that putt. Like lining up for a shot in footy. I'll sit there and in my head I'm going, right, just drop it. You've got this baby. you got this baby. And as soon as I butcher it, I'm like, you're useless, Corder. You are useless. <laughs> Good one. All you had to do was line it up. But oh, no. <laughs>
1: the, the, the way you took you know, just, just tap, and give her a tap, tap, tap. It. Like yeah, again, yeah. oh,
0: brutal the seething rage directed at someone <laughs> giving you advice that is
1: really mediocre at best. Oh. Uh, again, so that's the top 5. We're yeah. welcome for honest feedback on what we missed because again, you could we could film this 10 different times and have a different top 5.
0: Yeah. And I would look I would say to anybody listening to this in times like lockdown in times like covid in times like just seems like socially there's shit going wrong all the time if you start this podcast I I challenge you just stop it watch the movie then come back and listen to the podcast if you want go listen go watch the movie because it it genuinely makes you laugh and makes you smile and that is so hard to find these days I find in comedy
1: oh yeah, there's there's not so many movies like that that if it's on, you're at least watching it for a few minutes yeah. because there's a there's a funny bit coming. Yes, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter what your comedy style is. There's a funny bit coming.
0: I would love to know the all time ranking in history. You'd never be able to pull the data of movies where if you were scrolling through free to air TV and it came on, even if you had to leave in ten minutes, that you would it would make you stop switching channels and just go oh,
1: see something you love. <laughs> And oh, just enjoy it. It's got to be all time up there. It yeah. has to be. So now we're going to try to tackle the top scenes. And again, just do yourself a favor and go rewatch the movie. Yeah. So we pulled together a couple. Um, and the first one is very, very... <laughs> again, I can barely even talk about it without laughing. But it's actually Happy's introduction to golf. Yes. So for those of you who don't quite recall, here it is
0: i'd like to see you try it
1: yeah it's not as easy as it looks
0: sorry ladies i'm not the golfing type i'll tell you what you hit a ball past my ball and we'll go straight back to work so you can watch your precious hockey game <laughs> give me the <this> stupid club <laughs> look at a stupid thing this is gonna be hilarious look how i stand. <laughs> <laughs> you like that <laughs>
1: Go back to work.
0: That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. Beginner's luck. 20
1: bucks says you can't do it again. Bring That's... it on. You oh! no boys are gonna pay for that!
0: Ow! You hit that guy! He shouldn't have been standing there. One more time. Double or nothing. You better pay
1: up. oops
0: all right maybe we should get back inside
1: <laughs> so the ludicrous this is this is also the introduction of the happy sound effect when he's hitting yes um which is weirdly funny but then the fact that he like hey you guys got down here you gotta pay for that Yeah. It's
0: one of multiple times in the movie where things happen where I constantly go, where are the police in
1: all of this? (laughs) And also, what's the like do you know how good you'd have to be to hit like their house, that guy, and then the wife who's at the yelling out the window (laughs) to clock her as well. Like I don't have the data points on that one for those three successful hits in a row. Low probability, but also I'm buying that they'd happened.
0: Yeah, that's like winning the Powerball style golf shooting. Oh. Also, his flippant attitude to carnage is my favorite. <laughs> he shouldn't have been standing there. Like, it's just <laughs> no mercy. Uh, he's the ultimate alpha male, like, in some respect. I mean, he's super emotional. Like, he gets triggered by everything. But he's so alpha that he shows zero remorse for anything <laughs> bad that he does.
1: Uh, before we go on, a quick couple of side ones that we just couldn't put in because we just got to mention them. Yeah. The... 365 days to hockey practice, a uh, hockey season starts. I've got to toughen up. And he's in the ball cage. Hilarious.
0: And just <laughs> letting baseballs hit him with their chest and trying to flex on them while the little weird kid's like, awesome. And then
1: the little kid hops in there and you hear this like, <laughs> 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 and it knocks him out. Yeah. So that's my first special mention before we go to number, number two. Because again, it just something about it just makes me laugh. That's
0: also one of those scenes, again, where early day Sandler that is a tactic he still uses today with those quirky little weird side characters where something happens to them in the background to make you laugh. Like those kind of just, you know, like pick up your banana peel. No, no, it'll be fine. Chuck it over your shoulder and the characters keep walking and talking. Then you see someone in the background slip on the banana peel and bust their hip. Like that kind of comedy. He's littered that throughout his career. All
1: right. Number two. Now, this is this is too long of a scene to even really put a cut in because it, it's effectively a segment of the movie. So it's the first – it's his event to sort of try and qualify. The Waterbury Open. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Um, where if he goes well, he can sort of get on the pro tour, which we'll come into later, which is kind of a bit ridiculous. Yeah. But he gets in there. So this one's absolute peak because he gets his first caddy who proceeds to – like beat up four different times, and a rash, and then loves. Yeah. Um,
0: Where he picks up his golf clubs, Where are you doing the clubs, punk, and just drops <laughs> in. <laughs> just instantly goes to violence.
1: It's also got the chubs tap it in scene. Yeah. Um. The the first instance of his genuine hatred towards golf when he makes a mistake and just has the full swearing meltdown meltdowns. Um. The
0: guy that when he finally sinks the putt after fifty thousand attempts, it just keeps going. Oh, this guy's pathetic. It's about time. Yeah, it is about time. <laughs> it just beats the crap out
1: of him. And it's also got the uh, the slow mo. Like he misses the ball first, and then he just absolutely pumps one long. And it's got the slow mo. Everybody's looking and baffled. Um, the whole the whole pro am. Yeah. Oh, not the pro. It's just the the qualifying event. Yeah. Fantastic. And that get us onto number one, which I maintain could be the most elite intro to a film of all time. Because something, the song, everything, but here it is. My name is Happy Gilmore. Ever since I was old enough to skate, I loved hockey. Wasn't really the greatest skater though. But that didn't stop my
0: dad from teaching me the secret of smacking the greatest slap shot. See, after my dad died, I developed kind of a short fuse. That kid right there just stole my party blower, and instead of asking for it back, I felt I had to belt him in the head a bunch of times with a hammer. Look at me go. But most of the time, I was quick to say I was sorry. During high school, I played junior hockey and still hold two league records. Most time spent in a penalty box And I was the only guy to ever take off his skate and try to stab somebody. It's actually a parody, I think, of The Wonder Years. Remember that show with Fred Savage? I'm fairly certain that whole, like, using the eight mil camera footage, all of that. It's a parody of The Wonder Years.
1: But, like, even, like, the whole stuff where he's on different work sites. Yeah. (laughs) Constantly, like, pretending he's holding a penis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Instantly, you know what you're going to get in this film.
1: I know, something about, like, when you see that, you're just laughing.
0: Yeah, and the line, like, the only guy to try to take off his skate and try to stab somebody. Like, just <laughs> stupid humour. Oh, dear. All right. So, the nuts and bolts. Is this Sandler's greatest cinematic effort? Yes. Justify it for me. Just for shits and gigs. <laughs> okay.
1: Without this, without Happy Gilmore, nothing else in the Sandler universe exists. Ooh. That's a, that's a, that's a good punch.
0: I thought so too. That's a clean left to the chin.
1: <laughs> wedding singer doesn't happen. Drew Mar- Drew Barrymore doesn't sign up. She's not signing up for the wedding singer without happy. Good point. Uh, Waterboy, because Waterboy and Longishard, which got knocked out in this round, they they are kind of that movie which just gets done because it's Adam Adam Sandler. Yeah, correct. It's a vehicle movie. They're not happening. Big Daddy. You could look. I can sign up for a world we live in where Big Daddy happens without Happy Gilmore. Yeah, but it probably just doesn't go as successful. But then the back end of Sandler's career, Click. Look, I don't really know what else he's done, other than Click in the humorous sort of ballpark now.
0: Yeah, those kind of Netflixy ones that are all bobbing up. I mean, the Grown Ups films—they're pretty funny. But where yeah. he's basically just now graduated to. I just put all my mates in a silly comedy.
1: I mean, I love Little Nicky, which is a, a shameless rock uh, movie that, again, Little, Nick, Little Nicky doesn't get made without Happy Gilmore.
0: No, and Little Nicky had an amazing cast. Same as like Mr. Deeds where they just stack the cast because you could see they just had blank checks. John McEnroe's in Mr. Deeds. Yeah. I mean, Little Nicky had Ozzy Osbourne playing a cameo as himself
1: in it. Oh. Um, Maybe we'll have to do another little Nicky chat Because I forgot how funny that is Well, was.
0: again, like the absurdity of It's about the son of the devil who has a lisp <laughs> like, <laughs> And has to stop his other evil devil brothers Just nuts when you say it out loud
1: but Okay, look, what do you think? Do you, do you think this is peak Sandler?
0: So I'll play devil's advocate just to keep this interesting Because it's boring if we both go,
1: yep, I agree But objectively you do agree? Pretty much, okay. yeah
0: right. For me personally, yes However, okay. I will make a strong case that The Wedding Singer is his greatest film of all time. And let me go on to explain it. As you said, The Wedding Singer doesn't happen if it wasn't for Happy Gilmore, but I could argue that lessons learned from Happy Gilmore probably helped to craft the awesomeness of The Wedding Singer.
1: Did you just prove my point? Maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... For me, The Wedding Singer is phenomenal because he made a film where he actually evolved his comedy to be broad enough where everybody loves it. And for me, it's one of the all-time great rom-coms, which, come on, guys, let's be
1: frank. You all love a good rom-com.
0: Everyone likes Notting Hill. You all like Love Actually. You all like The Wedding Singer.
1: Are you speaking Chinese right now? (laughs) (laughs) Wedding Singer is a great movie, though. That is really where he starts to expand his... Out of the, the bro humour, we'll call it. Yeah.
0: But he is still basically Happy Gilmore, but a musician. Yeah. He still has <laughs> his outbursts and his bits where he cracks his shits and stuff. The spiralling in The Wedding Singer where, well, I have the microphone, so you will listen to what I have to say. Like that same launch Sandler rage comedy lines that he did. Um, but yes, I think The Wedding Singer is better. I even have Big Daddy right up there too because, again, I think he nailed they're just great movies with great
1: stories. One other thing, the production value probably goes up a few notches on both those films.
0: Exactly. Like, we laughed at when you look at Gilmore. They bait Like the driving, when you see the ball flying through the air at the golf course, if you watch the movie again closely, it's literally the same footage every time the ball is launching. Meant to be different courses, it's always the same footage. <laughs> it's the same drive. Every course that he plays on, it's actually the same golf
1: course. Like
0: They basically probably just had one day at a golf course and just filmed everything they needed
1: to film. So look, speaking of some things to look back on, the unfortunate... I guess loose segment for a film like Happy, as in the
0: absurdities of it, or no? Nah, we're, we're gonna plot holes. We're
1: gonna loosely pick some plot holes. Yeah, of course. Um, so, do you want to start on this one?
0: Uh, no, I'll let you because you're more the golf expert. So, you, I'll let you go with the golf nitpicking.
1: Oh, I stay on the golf nitpicking. So, in the final tournament, so one, we've established that Happy has. A ginormous advantage. Yes. He can hit a golf ball onto a par four in one. Yes. Which would mean that most par fives, he's probably getting on there very comfortably in two. Yeah.
0: He should be getting an eagle on yeah. fours and
1: fives. In the last tournament, he's only a few shots up. <laughs> when he's been playing off the chain. He's yeah. been playing off the chain. Drive. He's pumping. The... He's, he's Happy the... has,
0: in fact, learned how to putt.
1: He has learned how to putt you would You would assume that he's making more birdies than pars when he's hitting onto most of the par fours, yeah, and that's kind of about it. The other side of the side one of that is when happy decides to hack away in the grass and throw the rock in the pond that's at least we'll give him some benefit that's at least six shots that he should lose. I think they take away one shot on the scoreboard, yeah. so the scoring that they use in the final tournament is incredibly questionable. So that realistically is probably the biggest nitpick of the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Mine is just the constant existence of carnage and no police or security guards. Everything down to the guy heckling him who just keeps going, you're going to miss, you jackass. Like You'd get turfed in a golf course in a golf tournament. Once you've done that enough times,
1: yeah, they're allowing the fans to be a bit more noisy and whatnot because it's not really uh, offensive as such. Yeah. But someone blatantly heckling a golfer, probably not getting away with that. And being, yeah, basically being
0: abusive. Um, yeah, like there's only so much you could cop for ratings. Also, uh, a crocodile swallowing a ball <laughs> and you getting into a fight, sorry, with an alligator in a pond on a golf course, again. No security, no cops, no animal rights people, nothing, fair game. The car, when he gets hit by the car. The car is a big one. And it just, it hits the stand on the 18th hole. Again, there's no police, police taping off. There's no cancelled tournament due to attempted murder.
1: You can barely bring in your own sandwich to a golf course on a tournament. Let alone (laughs) driving a beat up VW onto the course.
0: Which, by the way, where do you even find an orange BWV dub? Like, <laughs> great car. Yeah. And, it- and the same guy, like, you would think by now the FBI would be involved with some sort of like stalking harassment case, attempted murder, but
1: not fair game. So they're probably some of the biggest nids. Moving on to Happy's.
0: Oh, also Chubbs' missing hand with the wood finger hands. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that hasn't seen it, Chubbs, his mentor was a superstar golfer back in the day who, who had to quit because he'd lost his hand in an alligator attack. For some reason has this weird wood hand, not a proper prosthetic <laughs> hand. And when the fingers on it get broken, he glues them back on. And, and certain angles you can see they haven't actually tried to even hide the wood hand extension. He's just wearing a longer sweater on one <laughs> arm like so one arm looks half a meter longer than the others. It's such degrade attempt. I don't know if they're trying to be funny with it or whether it was just we don't have enough money.
1: Let's just stick that on. Uh just ridiculous. So post so moving on to a, a conceptual idea. What happens post Happy Gilmore? So with his career. His career, shooter's career, and just general thoughts.
0: So shooter. Embarrasses himself by stealing the jacket at the end, is then what apparently he becomes basically the subject of a 20 on one gang assault. I'm guessing he's either dead (laughs) at the end of the assault because Jaws is coming at him, which kill, or he spirals and he ends up being in a Netflix doco 15 years later. He's 145 kilos he's got weird tattoos, he's got piercings, he's like losing his hair, but he kind of dyes it. You know, just those sort of train wreck people that lose their fame. Like he goes a bit Mickey Rourke.
1: Don't you think there's there's a world we live in where he goes full redemption tour, plays in like an Ambrose event with Happy, you know?
0: I don't think he has the fuse for it. (laughs) Like his pain and suffering was his own doing and his own bad temper. I don't know if he could humble himself. But then you're right because he could also do the classic American, like go to jail, find Jesus, comes back out, reformed.
1: Because if there's one thing that I feel like Shooter would want, as much as he wants the glory and all that, he would probably want some dollars on the back end. True. So.
0: The one thing I would say though
1: about that is happy, so loved.
0: I feel like Shooter, his redemption is coming back and you're hoping that people will eventually warm to him. I feel like once your image is so butchered and Happy's
1: so beloved, you've got no hope. Well, that, that also brings to the question, what does Happy do? Does Happy stay on the tour? Because for argument's sake, if someone was this dominant, that would be the greatest golfer to ever play the game ever. He's been playing golf for what, six to 12 months?
0: I would say that he does the kind of like John Coleman Essendon thing, where I reckon he has the most dominant two years in history, and then blows his shoulder out, and he's cooked. Yeah, And then you get a bit of those sad, like, happy comeback attempts (laughs) throughout the years. But he's made so much. um, Then he does, like, you know, he gets into, like, a boxing match. You know, he does, like, a boxing fight against Roy Jones Jr. for 30 mil. Like, he becomes that kind of celebrity.
1: I could see that. I could actually see him just... There's also that, like, it all goes our way. This is in a hypothetical happy world. But... He just doesn't like getting beat when everybody else starts hitting long, so he just sort of retires very quickly, or he lingers way too long.
0: Yeah, it could be sad, like 55-year-old Happy's still on the tour. Yeah, def- definitely just sort of just, just ticking it over. And lots of commentary like, well, he doesn't have the long game anymore, but he's still an efficient uh, golfer around the course, Dan. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, so iconic. But, you know, at the same time, it's still good to see him
1: trying. Oh, uh, here comes a happy beer chug on the 8th, as is tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all getting weird at his age. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, because I don't see him becoming like a commercial monster. I don't see him being like a, a talk show host or a commentator.
1: Mm. Do you find it weird that in the age we live in where everything gets bludgeoned to death, that they haven't tried to make a Happy Gilmore sequel?
0: I would say that's because Sandler co-wrote it. So Sandler owns the rights to those films. So Mm. Sandler would be the ultimate one that would have to say yes to a remake. And he's making that much cash. He doesn't need to.
1: Mm. He's above it. I like it.
0: In fact, I reckon if you were able to get a hold of the data, he's probably one of the highest paid actors maybe in history. In terms of, I remember reading a thing a long time ago that said at the box office, he's like the most successful box office star of the last 30 years. And people have often gone like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. Look at this. Look at like Downey Jr. It's like, yeah, but those movies cost two, three, four hundred million to make, they make six, seven, eight hundred. His movies cost 30 mil to make and they clean 350, 400. And you're right, that whole buying DVDs, residuals, it just keeps going. Which brings us on to the last bit and that's the Netflix data that we discovered.
1: So the Adam Sandler principle, which is that, shockingly, the, the king of data, or one of the kings of data is Netflix. So, as a side note for those people out there, Netflix figured out that people love watching Adam Sandler movies, but they don't enjoy people knowing that they enjoy Adam Sandler films. Yeah. (laughs) Netflix
0: loves to be social justice, diversity, progressive.
1: Discreet. (laughs) Discreet. So, the Adam Sandler multi, multi multi-million dollar deal was basically backed by this knowledge that they could give him – a whole bunch of money, lock him in for some films, and they were going to make that movie ten that money tenfold, and they have.
0: Yeah, and they've re-signed and continue to re-sign.
1: So next time you're on Netflix and you see another Adam Sandler film, you did this. Yeah,
0: he he is the most viewed person on Netflix, and no matter how much they try, people still watch Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, The Wedding Singer, Grown Ups even murder mystery or whatever it was the one with Jennifer Aniston last year which is a pretty shitty film but again i watched it i laughed at <laughs> a few bits it was their one of their top streaming films last year
1: that doesn't surprise me at all
0: yeah and they try so hard with their top 10 trending list which is complete not a bullshit where you're like really people watching this movie about a uh, two little girls that went missing in russia and Climbed over a mountain, really? Are you sure? Because <laughs> I'm pretty certain everyone's watching Terminator 3 or Big Daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, look, the final, I guess the final closing bit on this is the rankings. Yes. How we actually, how do you rate the top dog?
0: So, our category that we used for Ace was sports, comedy, and plot and story. So, sports out of 10. I'm going 10. Yeah. It has to be a 10. It's sports. There's a hot ice hockey element from the start. It does not let off the sports gas pedal the whole way.
1: Look, it's probably the best, easily the best golf film. I mean, you could probably really make a case for it as one of the best ice hockey films, (laughs) just out of sheer supply (laughs) demand. (laughs) So look, 10 out of 10.
0: 10 out of 10. And it revolutionized golf's image It created, it sent shockwaves through the way golf is played, practiced and loved by friends. It still permeates through the golf game today.
1: Comedy. It's a, we know what it is. Just say. A (laughs) 10. So look, this is not shocking by the way. This is, this is the behemoth.
0: Yeah. Everybody had their money on this being the big dog. It's swinging. This is. Late 80s, Mike Tyson, this movie.
1: So this is going to be, this is the, the one uh, interesting one, which is plot and story. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking a nine and the nine felt too high.
0: There's too many plot holes in it. It's a little too absurd to give it. But then at the same time, it's creative plot. Yeah. An eight feels comfortable.
1: Yeah, you, you,
0: seven's too low. It's like if you were getting dressed up for a ball, everyone looks great in a tux. You, you're an, a six, an honest six, when you're walking around the streets of Melbourne, right? You, me, we're probably all an honest six, maybe a seven in the right lighting. You put on a tux and you know you're fizzing, but you still look in the mirror and go,
1: I'm an eight. You never <laughs> just go, I'm <laughs> a 10.
0: You know what I mean?
1: probably also gets a couple of marks, Sam, because we know that in the. The films, uh whenever we get to it, the full the full dramery, heavy sport movies, this is their area.
0: Yeah. And like we touched on, things like the scoring in the final tournament, all of that stuff probably is a little too like this doesn't quite add up, but whatever, I'm enjoying myself.
1: Yeah. But, you know. I mean, and plus you can't you can't give three you can't give a perfect score. And how he didn't
0: go to jail for attacking a celebrity in a golf game on live <laughs> T V for assault. <laughs> Okay, so 28 out of 30. Yep. Ace Venture, I think, was like 19 out of 30.
1: Yep. So Happy is... The clubhouse leader. He is the clubhouse leader. The that's bench. also an, an in-golf in, in joke. That I was like, pretty good.
0: I like that. So as we come to the end, or as we like to say uh, in this, the 18th hole section of the uh, podcast, <laughs> I'm trying to work in as many uh, golf puns as I can. We've really uh, just driven to the finish line. You got nothing.
1: <laughs> I'm just embarrassed by that.
0: Oh come on, man. Don't tee off on my humour.
1: I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's um it's been a pleasure. Look, and for those of you who'd, you know, throw away, but really just just rewatch this movie. Yes. That's all that can be said.
0: Exactly. We've done a lot of praise, but some things just need praise. They're not worth nitpicking too much.
1: Exactly right.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much for listening in. Stay uh, look out on Instagram for our round two, which I can't remember which one we said was round two, but it'll be coming soon to Instagram where we we'll look for your feedback, look for your votes to see who wins the next round. Uh, as always, thank you very much for listening in. We hope you've enjoyed this. There'll be a few more sports movie breakdowns littered in with our normal episodes. Uh, you can find us uh, on Instagram at the Sidelines Media. You can find us at www.thesidelines.com.au. We hope everyone's staying safe. Everyone's staying happy. <laughs> hey, I got some more at my That was sleeve. better. That yeah, was better. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Do the people want some Gilmore of those jokes? That uh, bad. That was shocking. As. Cordo. Oh, AP. Sorry. <laughs> Stay safe, Cordo. Thanks, AP. See you, folks. Bye.